to Profitable Powerhouse Properties with the AHI Group. I'm Jonathan Cook, and with me as always, Brian Jenkins. Welcome, everyone. And I'd kind of like to start with our magical guest of no one. No, oh, okay. you're the magical guest today. Oh, thank you, Brian. You're the magical guest. So, today. as of today, you have an article in REI Inc. Oh, yeah. During the month of September. Yes, I'm, I'm really excited about yeah, that. Yeah, that's so, a big deal. So I wrote this article originally out of frustration. Like that, there, there's no other way to put what that was. I wrote it on LinkedIn. I, I was, I was frustrated. We had a client that purchased a property, and I mean, and it's been months ago that this occurred. And I originally wrote the idea of this article and put it on LinkedIn, and then it just became, oh, that's a good article. Let's move some stuff around with it. it a client of ours purchased a property based off of some, no doubt, decent national average ideas, but but at such a low price point because it was a $90,000 property, and I'm sure in California terms, that's nothing. I mean, it, it, it arguably is nothing to what they're used to seeing out there. And, you know, to them, $1,000 a month rent is... Anything can get $1,000 a month rent. I mean, you can sneeze in, in a box and put it on someplace and get $1,000 a month rent. It seems. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, I'm going to get $1,000 a month rent. I was like, no, it's like 600 Like, no, 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 not even. And there's just this long period of like taking the wrong advice from the wrong people. Unrealistic. And unrealistic expectations. Right. And then bringing it to me in the end and being like, hey, here you go, property manager. Here's my expectations for this property. I've been told this is what I'll have. This is what I've been told the returns are going to look like. Pull that off for me. And I was like, no, not gonna, not even gonna be close. And so that's what that's what struck this article. That's what made me write this article. And I'm I'm sure we've talked about these kind of experiences on the podcast. I know we have. We have. We have. Um, yeah, but I, I just wanted to bring bring to light. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're being much, published Brian. in RI. REI Inc. Yes. magazine during the month it's of very September, exciting to me. and he became a Maker's Mark ambassador. That's true. Hey, that, that might be day. bigger news. That might be bigger news than my article, is I am a Maker's Mark ambassador. I'm excited about that. In between six, seven, eight, some number of years. You are too. Congratulations to you. I am. We're both Maker's Mark ambassadors. That's right. In some years, we're going to have to drive to Kentucky and drink some bourbon. That's right. Out of our bottles or, or barrels. Representing. Absolutely. Anyways, so to um, get to what this episode is going to be about, uh, I mean, we talked about it beforehand. I think I think a good place to start is, is you know, kind of back up a little bit. We don't have a guest today, so there's there's less agenda than there normally is. We're not talking about we're not going to run down a specific rabbit hole from you know showing properties or what some market looks like or what you know this vendor can do for you, which is all realistically incredible stuff when we have them. Like I love when we have our vendors on here. The ones that we actually use, it's not Absolutely. it's not just a commercial and, and it we do commercials for these guys. We don't make money off of those. We do them because we like these people. Because we like them, because we've tried because they're good. Right. Yeah. Because the services are good. And and so today the fact that we don't have anybody on here, it lets us kind of kind of kind of recenter. Breathe. Breathe a, a bit. bit. And this is and breathe through the mass. And it's it's been entirely mass. too long since we've done one of these. Yeah, absolutely. So I agree because we have been, you know, since the crazy year has started. It's we've had a lot of vendors. We have. Uh, well, we made a lot of new vendors. We did, and we did. because of COVID nineteen, which everyone, if you're listening to this podcast, I know you're tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of living it. <laughs> Exhausting. <laughs> it's very exhausting. There's a new something happened today. Yesterday, the CDC came out with a new, uh, a new order. order against evictions through the end of the year, regardless of type of mortgage or anything. So halting. You know, if what, they, what is what is that? I mean, it's it's hard enough to do property management with, as I've been saying, all 2020 with one arm tied behind their back. So now they've handcuffed us. But anyway, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. So this year has been an adventure. This year has been an adventure. Yeah, it's still ongoing. Yeah, oh God, yeah. And even as much of an adventure as this year has been, what's crazy is for us, the podcast and and us as a company, AHI, we have done some pretty 
fantastic, amazing things. We, we've moved forward in, in the consulting scene for acquisitions. Uh, our, our property management growth has been absurd. I mean, we, we, are, we are doing Not great. as absurd as what we started no. the year with, with the... Well with the projections that we had in place and realistic projections. Yeah. But still, nonetheless, we have continued to grow. Yeah, yeah. And more so than, we, we happen to be in a lot of spaces where we talk to a lot of other people that are trying to grow and their growth numbers compared to our growth numbers. Right. Makes me really take stock and go, oh, we, we are doing really well this year. Right. And that's exciting. It is exciting. So we've had an exciting year amidst the chaos. Right. It's, been, it's been a blast, though. It has been a blast. And, and, and I, want to, I want this episode, you know, 20 minutes in, if you're listening and you've made it to this point without me getting this point across, I want this to be a good reset for listening to the podcast. And, and this is what this podcast is about. You know, all the previous ones up to this point, it's education. We want to make sure that our listeners hear from our experiences some of the best, best in class uh, procedures, policies, vendors. Just to just to give you that kind of information to to be able to set your own expectations and come in realistic, ready to go. You're informed. You're knowledgeable about whatever realm of investing in properties or owning properties or running property management that you can have. And that's what this episode is going to be. You know, getting back to is is okay. You've you've got some properties, or or you have some properties and you want to get more. Where, wherever you're at, like. We've put. If you want to listen to an episode about insurance or about uh, tenant turn, we've, we've got those episodes. Look down. Look down your podcast episodes numbers. They're numbered in there. Find them. Yeah, and if you're joining us the for the first time, just subscribe and, and just let that stuff come straight to your device and just yeah, listen to it on, during your next walk or whatever. And if you have questions about anything specific, they're usually in the title if we've discussed them. Mm -hmm. But but I want to talk about an overview of the market's as a whole and what we've yeah, seen. See, and I, I wrote the title out 2020, the year of the COVID. That's absolutely so, right. And that's, that's going to be all encompassing because we really didn't want to do a snapshot of where no. we are today. It's really kind of all things that have taken place up to this point in our space, if you will. But I guess to your point, I think we've done a, a pretty good job this year of getting some of the information out there on the vendors, the tech, the different things within our industry and that continues to improve. There's still just a lot of opportunity in the space. And when there's that much opportunity in the space, the money follows suit. Mm -hmm. And then the new technologies, the new Absolutely. systems, all that follow, follow the money. It, that's, that's real clear. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, it's super noticeable right now that, that things are going that way. And I think build to rent hitting as hard as it has this yeah. year has been a real, Maybe maybe an indicator, maybe a just like a measuring stick of it with, with the amount that it has been. And maybe that's and, and I know it's not just in our markets. I know that for a fact because we were in PMX last week. They're all talking about that. That's, that's exactly what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think right? it's even even if you peel it back a little bit further, it's been around for a while. Of course. Because even in Birmingham, we you know, we talked to somebody yesterday that it helped help sell a thousand BTR units yeah. in Alabama to his network, and that's taken several years. It's probably been five, sure. five, six years in the making. But I guess the, the point now is that it's more mainstream and it's more prevalent in other marketplaces. And more, yeah. it's openly discussed. I know IMN started the conversation pretty strongly about two years ago. Mm -hmm. The last in-person conference we went to was in December of 19. Yes. And 80% of the discussions were BTR, building mm -hmm. rent. So, and that, very prevalent. And as prevalent as that is, that's not to say that any of the buying, you know, pre-built structures, that's not even slowed down. Nothing, nothing has no. slowed down. It's because a lack of inventory as a whole. That's what's, that's what's occurred. That's what's been very prevalent. Yeah. I, I, I refer to it in my own terms as perfect storm. It is. It really back is. Back to the, what is it? The, what was it? The, there's a movie to that time. Yeah. Right? With uh, Mark Wahlberg, right? Is it Clooney? Clooney's in it. Wait. I don't remember. Oh, Somebody jumping out of helicopters. Yeah, and on boats. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Whatever. So they, oh, they no, the, I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the other one, the yeah. one with the Coast Guard and they're trying oh, to save the people. Ashton. It was Ashton. Yeah. I'm thinking Mark Wahlberg. Uh -huh. I know which one you're talking yeah. about. It was George Clooney. Yeah. So they you know, they go off the, the deep wave and they're lost for Absolutely. So that's kind of this. 
That is what this it is. is. It is because okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna dive real deep. Hey, folks listening in uh, Illinois or wherever, it's not in Birmingham. What I'm about to give you is some like juicy, juicy Alabama, Birmingham specific market gold. But there's a reason for it. Do you remember about a year and a half ago? I found this this great little polygon, Brian. You remember that one? I do. I was like, Brian, look at these numbers. These numbers a, seem to have. It was a little diamond in the rough. It sure was. And I was like, I don't know if you know about the zip code. Right you actually here. found it at the right time. I, yeah. I mean. It, I know. It, it, well, let me go back Bonkers. to my perfect storm before you okay. go there because this kind of plays in. So my, my, my definition of the perfect storm right now is the housing shortage, the millennial population in the workspace and in homeownership and delaying homeownership for close to a decade. So you have all that. And that longer term rate. And the interest rates. Absurd interest rates. Yes. That helps. So. So all that mixed together. Creates. got a super hot sales market and a super hot rental market. Creates an excellent market to purchase an investment property in. Right. It's it's really an incubator. It, it absolutely is. So perpetually building the full one of them. A few, uh, you know, a few six months ago or so, eighteen months. I don't know when it was, but but I brought you this area. And it's like Brian. So these are the cap rates that I'm seeing. Show me where I'm wrong about this. Am I am I estimating the maintenance cost on this too low? It's like no, no, you're not. Am I? You, I'm, I'm taking my taxes and I'm, I'm. These aren't homestead exempted, so like. I'm doing those numbers right, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what. So 18% cap rate, that's what we're going with? Yeah. And it was right. There was an area, there's an area in Birmingham. <laughs> I think the hesitation, I think the hesitation initially on it was because the buy-in price point was lower yeah, than was. what we were used to dealing Absolutely. with. But the return piece of it, at that point, we did not see the full scale of what was what was occurring with it. My favorite part was my, what, what I was looking at at appreciation and going, there's no way it's going to appreciate that much. So I, I was telling our investor clients, I'm, I'm, I'm working these up, doing some consulting work and being like, the appreciation probably, in, in, you know, six months time, maybe you can look at a, I was like really nervous to say like maybe a 10% appreciation. Okay. Purchasing 20 and $30,000 properties and me guessing that after you've rehabbed the property, you know, maybe it's worth $65,000, $70,000. I go in that same neighborhood right this minute, and they're $170,000, Ryan. That's that just get a guess. Or... It, of course it is. Yeah. But it, they're, they're $170,000 now. Yeah. Like, you're, not, you're not buying in there for well, under when $100,000. You, when you first pulled that first grouping, I'll still remember the highest-priced property in that area, which was totally out of scale with everything else. Yeah, it was. Was, a, what, $191,000? Oh, well, yeah. That yeah. was the extreme high. That was end, the that high. Was totally out of context with everything. And it, it was like a twenty-six hundred square foot property with marble can- countertops. Right. Uh, I mean, complete as updated as you could update a property. It was gorgeous. It was on the mountain. It was fantastic. And I, I still remember. Uh, I remember the trip we took out there uh, to meet a contractor, a new GC that we brought on board to to determine what mm-hmm. the scope of work would be for a particular investor client. And driving down the streets and realizing, you know, 80% of these houses are rehab all of a sudden. Yeah. Street to street. Mm-hmm. And done well. And then you had yard they're crews. Not, they're not typical rent flips. No. Rent turns. No. No. And this is an area, you know, 10 years ago, you, you would have stayed away from. Well, legitimately, that. 10 years ago, the average rent rate was like 400 right. maybe maybe three to $400 a month. And your average sales price 10 years ago was... Under twenty thousand dollars, legitimately was. But I, the thing that stuck out to me that day, other than the number of homes that were rehabbed per street, was the fact that there were lawn crews in the neighborhood servicing professional properties. Right, right. So the whole pride and ownership thing was starting to kick in as yeah. well. You start to see those like the the, the bushes get prettier. Like yeah. oh, somebody planted like painted roses. Those aren't like just wild something that's grown. Like that, that's no, those are nice is, uh, yards. You know, mowed, edged, weed eaten, mm-hmm. blown. Yeah. Really cared for. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody's paying out of pocket for that or doing yeah. it themselves. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's a great sign, obviously. Well, so, it, it made this turn. And, and it's what's what's absurd, though, 
is is how absolutely great this market still is. You, you can still, if you are quick on a trigger, like real quick on a trigger. Like I have a byline now, where it's just like if if I try if a property falls under this byline, I've got a half a dozen consultant clients. It's like if a property fall if we if something pops up on the market below this price line, we're just going to buy it. Silencing, I don't care, just buy it because they're they're skyrocketing in value. Yeah, because we already know what the appreciation yeah, story. We, we know, know what the market analysis is on the rent, and it makes sense. Yeah, From an investment standpoint, it makes sense. And so, like, and that, that's just one market. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we we've seen. I mean, that's that's the that that was the the most steep market incline that that we've seen. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's happening everywhere. Some those kind of stories are occurring all over the country. They are. And and to my earlier point, I think it's when you when you discover it, mm -hmm. it's all in the timing of when you discover yeah. it. So it's you know, real estate's location, 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 but it's also timing. We could tie this into this article right here. We can. Well, because that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, and that's what we're discussing it is it, we are property managers first. That, that's our, that is our first title, our, our first job description is we are property managers. That's my oldest hat. That is your oldest hat. Yeah. And then when you look at an investment to purchase, to make money, it's, it's an income generating property. There's always, you know, you're going to have your different strategies from I'm buying this just to hold some money in. It's a good tax haven, sit it in there and, you know, five or six years, I'll cash out the appreciation and put it pro probably into another property and do the same thing. Just keep my money safe. It's a safe investment, like a 401k or something like that. Then there's the better returns. It's better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, much better returns. But, and then you, there's the, there's the policy of I'll buy like a, you know, a B class kind of a property, something that like, I'm not going to cash flow a bunch at all, but, but, you know, it's going to appreciate at the same time I'm going to pay, I'm going to be making a little bit of actual money there on the side. And it's like this nice little dance of I'm, I'm going to appreciate not as much as I would, you know, one of these A class properties, not, not something like that, right. but I'm going to make some, make some decent money. And then there's the cash flow properties. That's kind of, that's always kind of been that other third. Yeah. That, and that's version. a traditional model. But yeah. I, I think even the, I mean, even during 2020, the traditional models even changed. Yeah, of course they have. So there's that's what I'm saying. Is this, this, yeah, is this, equity. this is this C plus like micro <laughs> micro market of investment style, which is buy something that is skyrocketing in value, but you have to find it first. It's going to cash flow. Like they, they all cash flow. Yeah, they cash flow without even. I mean, you were talking today earlier about you know Chicago investors getting excited about six and seven percent cap rates. That was blowing my mind just because I'm so used to our markets. Like the other day I was doing uh, a market up in Fultondale and I was looking at it and I'm like, that seems really good, but like 9%, is that, I don't know. All, all I'm getting is 9% on that. That's kind of, eh. And I was saying that to one of our clients. They're like, 9% is awesome. Like, is it? Like, yes, please. I'll take everything you got this 9%. And I'm like, why? I've got 17 We know it is. Here. We just take it for granted. I do. I do take it for granted. It is. Sure. And, it's, and it's these kind of things that, I'm taking for granted, but they're they're occurring everywhere. This this C plus kind of what are we we, we call funny. it a B class market? What are we a tertiary market? What do they call us? What is Birmingham? Yeah, we're not a big city. We're not a New York. We're not a. It's, it's definitely Atlanta. a secondary market. Yeah, we're so a secondary we're, market. We're safe. So secondary big, yeah. big swings in either direction. So secondary markets. I mean, it's just my hunch, but it's because I've, I mean, when I went to Louisville, I did some uh, mm -hmm. tinkering on that market. Well, you know, out you, you go to some of these other you know secondary kind of market swings. There, this story that I'm telling, I'm sure it's in every one of these little markets. I mean, I, I drove through some of it because what is a bad property, Brian? What is a bad property? In my definition of a bad property is one that loses money. Yeah. Cost you money. Yeah. I, I think the traditional model, I mean, if you ask. I think if I have a property that's turned a profit of any margin, that's a good, good property. property. Yeah. There's some better than that. Sure, absolutely. That's a good problem. I think the typical the typical thought, and I, and I heard it from oh who was it? One one of our other uh, clients was talking about I just you know, I'm just afraid to buy in any of these bad markets. And I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> what what's your bad market? What, what do you mean is a bad market? Because really, there's some really nice multi million dollar properties that are bad market for cash flow or a bad market for an investment. What do you mean? The, hang thing, on a second. the thing is, my mom lives in technically a bad market. I mean, even right now, we've got. You know, we have this contrast I was discussing with Ralph this morning of we have brand new 
three three townhomes being built, mm -hmm. BTRs. Yeah, Madison, just outside of Huntsville, less than two hundred thousand dollars per mm -hmm. townhome. Sixteen hundred and fifty dollars a month rent. Yeah, and, and really, on the low we've end. negotiated the price points down with with the builder so that if our investors are financing the build, we were able to save about twenty grand off the price point, which is mind-boggling so your your returns are really excellent on that compared so it's really to, fun that's that's this right. so it's compared to you know in his own mind he's like okay well if i'm looking for a similarly priced property in the birmingham market then i'm looking at something that's built in the late 80s maybe early 90s maybe depending on where i'm buying yeah okay you're 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 out and then there's ma maintenance outside. on that one no maintenance on the new of course okay and then the rents in Huntsville are progressing at a double-digit percentage higher than Birmingham yeah. uh, as we speak. Absolutely. So just kind of weighing out. And that's part of the beauty of us is multiple marketplaces and understanding mm -hmm. the value of each of those specifically. And we just talked about this on our manager's call yeah, yesterday. Absolutely. Each market's a little different. Each competitive marketplace is a little different. So we have to focus on different needs of our, of our clients while systematically keeping that corporate yeah absolutely vision right? yeah, yeah. Vision. yeah and that's that's more like the crux of this episode i want it to kind of hit is if you get a real estate agent that might understand two or three aspects of real estate if you get two or three two two or three aspects of real estate maybe you can come up with with something that, that might sound as impressive as this from the outset. Because up to this point, up until what you just were talking about with maintenance, we've almost exclusively just been talking about cap rates. Right. Cap rates are real easy to come to. That's just, you know, rent times 12 divided by the sales price. Okay, if I can tell you that I can get $1,000 a month rent, $100,000 property, that's a 12% cap rate. Cool, that's great, wonderful. Who? That's, woo. Okay, but the reality is, what is your net? Yeah. What is it going to actually cost me? What, how much money am I going to take home? Because it's this—it's what I was expressing in this article was if you take, for instance, two separate houses, and we're we're not even going to go to these numbers just because those were specific properties, but it's it it relates the same. If you have a hundred thousand dollar property on this in this section of town, let's call it let's call it Midfield for example, just for an example, because you understand these these markets and and. For listeners, these are these are just two C-class markets in in the Birmingham area. Yeah. So if you have four hundred thousand in Midfield, yeah. you get a nice house. You, sure, you can. Yeah. Um, now you have a hundred thousand dollar house in one side of town, and you take a hundred thousand dollar house in it's called Roebuck. Okay. Okay. We know the the quality of both of those houses and the rent of both of those houses. And let's say both of them rent for seven fifty a month. Let's say both of them rent for nine hundred a month. Yeah. Because you can do both of that in both of those markets. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. But we know. The midfield market, and, and this is coming down to local knowledge. We know that that's going to have some higher turn costs. We know that that maintenance is going to typically be a little bit higher. And we know that that appreciation isn't quite creeping up the same as it is on the same. The numbers look the exact same from the outset of a cap rate, sales price. What can we get for it? The same rent rate, the same the same sales yeah, price. And, and let's even say they're the same square feet, same bed and bath, which is probably pretty typical between both of those. Right. They were built in the same year, probably. And honestly, another piece of information we were discussing at lunch is the likelihood of one area having theft or break-in issues sure. or another. Absolutely. So you've got cost there you have to anticipate. And prepare yeah. for. And it's, so what is a bad market? One that will make you no money. What is a good market? Well, one that will make you more money. Right. So out of those two properties, oddly enough, even though, you know, yeah, we talk about theft, breaking, whatever. Both of these markets, I know, I know for a fact there are people that would call both of those markets bad markets. Oh, yeah. Because they wouldn't live there. Right. Okay, who cares? Both of these markets, technically, in my opinion, pretty good markets because they both cash flow like crazy. One of them has a, a bonus added to it. The robot market technically has, it, in my opinion, it's a better investment. It's got a higher creep up with appreciation costs. Right. It's got a lower average turn cost for, for our properties. And, you know, we've got hundreds of properties to use as example properties to say, well, we have a property in this area. Our typical turn cost in that area is this. Our typical yearly maintenance cost is this. So a, ha a home similar in that area typically costs around this range. Okay, so we, we can actually, we have data. Yeah. That's what it comes down to is 
you're local experts. That's what we are for our markets. And that's what we want to, you guys to understand, listeners. You have to find a local expert that can tell you the difference between this $100,000 and this $100,000 that both have the same you know, 10% cap rate or 9% cap rate. Cap rates are not enough to base an investment on, in my opinion. They're no, great. They're that, a good rule of thumb. Just like those two examples, <laughs> Roebuck Borders Trust Fund. Mm -hmm. Trust Fund is very much an improving city. Absolutely. And it's A-class anyways. Yeah, A-class. It's got all mixtures of problems. Sure. A, B, and C. And then Midfield is on the opposite side of town, which has seen um, industry scale down businesses, some businesses close. So there's a depreciating component to mm -hmm. that business, even though I don't look for those cap rates to change drastically no, no. in that market. It's a solid, stable market for investment. Yeah, they, they both Demand are. is there. They, uh, and yeah, yeah, the demand is there on both of them because the, the economic drivers, what are the economic drivers of both of those things? Those are some pretty good economic drivers that on the Western side of town, you have the Amazon stuff. You have, you have a lot of stuff on that part of town that, that are driving job growth, um, on the eastern side of town, same kind of stuff. That one of them ha is closer to more of an entertainment district. One is closer to more frivolous spending, which is an interesting right. way to say it, but it's the reality of it. It just pulls a different kind of renter, somebody that wants to be in an area where they might, they're more likely to spend more time being entertained than another tenant that's just working, coming home, and doing, going to bed, working, coming home, and going to bed. Mm -hmm. And it's, even though those prices are the same, What's, what we're seeing is, is an appreciation in one area being higher than the other. And that's just a reality of the situation. But, but if, if I were to look at two similar markets in, say, Denver, with, with the same two properties and say, well, which one of these two $100,000 properties are better? I don't know that answer. Right. I don't have that data. That's what we're saying. It, it, a real estate agent, and I am a real estate agent. I'm a licensed realtor. I, I can find your basic data of sales price, rent rate, cap rate, boom, magic. Sounds like I'm giving you all kind of all wonderful, all, this is all the information. All you would need is this cool cap rate, but it's not enough. That's not enough information. Your, your local experts are typically your property managers. Your property managers have keep up with data that's other than just sales price, rent price. Because those are not the only two factors that it comes that, that boils down to how much money you, the investor, make. You've got maintenance costs. You've got what are HOA dues. Are there any city restrictions that are going to hurt my, my? Are you going to? Am I have to pay for any crazy inspections? Like we talk about a Centerpoint or a Terran or someplace like that. That the city is great cap rates. Like great cap rates. They're frustrating to us. So so they're frustrating. But the reality is. There's money to be made in both of those markets. There's there's still doable investments. They're doable it just investments. makes it it just creates some hurdles. But and, and when we have investors that are asking me between a Fultondale or a Centerpoint, you know, well, if the same numbers roughly or a Pinson and a Centerpoint, it doesn't matter. And the numbers are about the same, and I just think, well, that one's city of Centerpoint. It's going to cost you all these extra things to put a tenant in that property. Well, why is it going to cost? Because there's a municipality issue there. And, and, and it, same thing with Clear. Clear has some municipality issues. They're, luckily, the numbers are there, so yes. it's fine. It covers them. But that's that's because we do this. I am not just here to sell someone a house, Brian. I'm actually that's not usually my well, role. No, none of us are. And it's you know the thing is we've we've come out with uh, a new service this year that has really been a just a golden gem for us, and that's uh, consulting. Yeah. So just to add to everything that you're saying, this is kind of the, the sprinkle on the top of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To say, hey, we can we can partner with you. And I think what I'd like to point out is there's still opportunity. There are institutional investors in our marketplaces buying as much as they can get their hands on. There are networks of investors that are coming in and buying through networks. And it's and because we're not even close to tax. Yeah, the and thing. there's individual investors. And there's still the opportunity for all three of those to operate within the same space. Yeah, and, and it's because a reality is if you can't get a over 7% cap rate, which, again, I'm going to go back to cap rates next to meaningless, but if you can't make money on a 7%, if, you, if, if all you can find is all I've got is 7% in my market, well, shoot, come here. Let me, let me show you three quarters of our marketplace. I mean, that, or, or Huntsville or Montgomery or Mobile. We've got tons of it. And when, when you look at those those actual returns what is your 
cash on cash return for this property. Well, cool. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. Let me tell you about some 6% net returns. That's bonkers. We have that. We, ca- we have that kind of in spades. We got it as much as y'all want to point you towards it. <laughs> I mean, but, but that's the thing is, and it's not just come to Birmingham or come to Alabama and let me consult with you. Yes, of course. Do that thing. Yeah, give me a call. No, but shoot, shoot me an email. But an earlier it's the, comment that you made: yeah. the secondary markets are more prone to that of type of investment return. Absolutely, and your and primary I'm, markets are not going to be. They're not. Over. And and I'm not going to be able to consult you on every secondary market. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to a secondary market and trying to find these things that are maybe not so tried and true, of go to, you know, I, I got to invest in. I'm, I don't want to pick on Denver, even though I said Denver earlier, but like it's that's been a known good investment market for a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the spot that you need to jump in five or six years after that became a big success. Okay. Maybe you jump into, I don't know, Tunica. I don't, I don't know. Who, who knows what? Well, jump again, I would, I would say within our markets, you know, the same discussion we've been having for the past two days is our newest investment opportunity markets are both OKC and Mobile. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Mobile. They've been, They've been looked over. Oklahoma City's got more uh, attention from an investment standpoint. And we're starting to see activity out there. But it's, you know, it's some of it's been going on for a while, but it's been low key. I think it's more on the national radar now. It is. Um, but what did we say yesterday? They're 18th. Actually, I did, I did some more research. They're 21st. 21st lowest. 21st lowest in property, uh, taxes. property taxes, which is great. That's a good, I mean, that's going to be better than a whole lot of other places that you can put your money. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, just, it's not what we're used to because we're second lowest in the nation. Yeah. So it's almost not fair. I mean, Alabama. It, Alabama has absurdly low taxes. Today we are busier than ever and struggling to do more while adding value. Global strategic understands the value of your time by leveraging custom business process solutions, you can focus on your core competency and save time and money. If you've been dealing with a lost productivity due to sudden staff departure, high rates of turnover, or staff that don't share your vision, they can help. With offices in the U.S. and the Philippines, they provide dual shore 24-7 coverage for their valued partners. If you need to save time and money, but you're not sure how, just give them a call at 855-731-4966 or visit globalstrategic.com for more information. But when you get out to OKC, one of the cool things about that city when, when we were out there, I mean, it's, it's, it just kind of goes. There, there's all there's a lot space. of space. A lot of there's space so much expansion. Right. Yeah. I think the build to rent scene out there is, yeah. should explode. Yeah. Like if you have money to build to rent, look out there. Yeah, Metro, when I visited two years ago, the Metro numbers were uh, 1.25 million. Mm-hmm. Tulsa was around the same size, yeah. uh, two distinctly different markets, but there's opportunity there as well. But, you know, the thing is, is, is it's kind of what we talked about with timing. It's definitely a timing issue. If you can jump into those markets that are identified earlier, as opposed to being yeah. late to the game, mm-hmm. you're going to have better opportunities. You're going to have better selection, Absolutely. better opportunities to make more mm-hmm. money. Uh, not to say you won't make money jumping in late. Well, sure. I mean, like my, my investors that, that, Ran into East Lake, you know, 18 months ago, and I was like, "Hey, want to see something crazy? Let's go buy a bunch of here." They're all super excited, and they all made a ton of money. But the funny thing is, but they're still buying there. They are, and, and the funny thing is, some they're of buying new like, stuff at 18 and 16. We don't want to attract a bunch of attention now. We're going to kind of do it low key. Don't, keep, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. We want to keep. Don't tell anybody. I'm like, so. sorry, I got to tell some folks. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, and it, and it's that they're still buying. They're still making money because. The more they buy, the more the value is going up over there. And it's still not peaked because I will still occasionally see something pop up on the market for twenty, thirty thousand dollars over there. I'm like, let's buy this right this minute. And they're just like, no, do it, do it, yeah. do it. But it's happening every, I mean, it's happening in all these little places. There, there's these pocket, pockets. I'll go and find a new area like Pleasant Grove and, and Hueytown. I think those have been kind of known as pretty good little investment areas mm-hmm. for a while. But then when you start running the numbers on each individual section of, I like to, I like to take a city and your local property manager and your local market experts should be able to do this and identify, yeah, there's, there's the city of, let's call it Pleasant Grove right this minute because that's what I'm doing right this, right this moment. 
And, and I'll break it down into, well, it has its own little markets inside of it. Like Birmingham has all its yeah, billions so of markets. There's, there's macro versus micro markets. Yeah, macro, yeah. yeah. And so Pleasant Grove is its own macro market in, or it's, it's, it's its own mini market inside Birmingham as a whole. But then once you're there at Pleasant Grove, now divide it up into its only, it's, it's tiny little sections. And that's by neighborhood or by, you know, well, there's a reason that there's a, there's a road that runs here and it separates, you know, these houses for some reason just sell more than these houses or, and whatever that reason may be. There's a railroad track over here and it just takes that local knowledge to go, all right, I'm going to divide these up into this area gets this kind of return. This area gets this kind of return. And it just, so that I can, I'm not dividing it up for like, oh, buy here instead of there. It's a, I have more distinguished data on these things now. I've got it broken down because the city of Pleasant Grove sold a $750,000. I mean, there was a $750,000 house in Pleasant Grove this year and a $19,000 house in Pleasant Grove this year. How does that, how do you, how do you make sense of those? Well, that's what I'm talking about. You've got to break them down into a small, well, this neighborhood has these $700,000 properties, but this part of this neighborhood has these opportunities that you can buy in it you know, under $50,000 or under $100,000 or wherever. And those rents become this. And so that's where you're able to look at it. Because if you're buying a $70,000 property and you're getting $700 a month, maybe that's good. But if I can show you a $50,000 house that you can get $700 a month out of, and both of them are appreciating at the same level, mm -hmm. well, yeah, buy the $50,000 one. I mean, it's, it's the finding out which ones are the best. Figure out through local knowledge. That's what I want to push. If you're listening to us some, uh, in another country, it doesn't matter where you're listening to us from. Find someone in whatever market you're interested in pumping some dollar bills up. You're, you're going you're gonna to spend 100, 200, 400, 500, 600,000, a million dollars into an area. Don't use the data from your seller. No more than demographics. And sure. Yeah, and yeah. don't use... National demographic. I mean, don't use national data to. I'm going to plan for this much maintenance. I'm going to plan for this much taxes. Where are you getting that from? Eh, it's national average it's numbers. It's a formula that we have. It's kind of useless. And that's where, within our consulting, we dive in and we determine what actual data is. What, <laughs> yeah. what actually has been expended by our company in in regard to maintenance. Law. You know what all the different dynamics. Of what we have to do with HOA, uh, you know, we can dive into a lot of different expenses for you, and I, I think that's important. Yeah, I think another thing this also lets you because I don't know how many real estate agents understand the new CDC orders. Yeah, I would say so. One. And probably I, not. We don't. I don't. Yeah, we don't honestly, clearly understand yeah. them yet. But I will. I will say this about our industry. So I got notice. Yesterday evening, I think this order came out around, we'll call it five o'clock Eastern. Yeah. I think by 4.30 Central Time, mm -hmm. which would have been 30 minutes later, yeah. I got my first notification from within our industry. Mm -hmm. uh, NARPM released something on Facebook. That's our professional organization. They released something on Facebook from our governmental affairs office overnight. They sent an email this morning giving further description of breakdown. And then we had one of our local attorneys already publish something and put together a Zoom call for next Tuesday. Absolutely. So everybody's jumping on that that quickly uh, because it's it's obviously very important after the CARES Act ended at the end of July. We're kind of in a gray area. We've been you know posting notices as we're allowed by law, um, charging late fees, filing evictions, and all that. Uh, supposedly as of the fourth, if I remember the yep. dates correctly, all that comes to a screeching halt. So if we can get someone out between today and tomorrow, we're, we're okay. Yeah. So, but needless to say, what I what I will offer our, our listenership is that we will come back and revisit specifically next week after oh, we have this uh, this Zoom meeting with with the attorney. From we need we need to actually record a specific podcast on that. We do, and, yeah. and that's that's to my point. Whether it's yeah. thirty minutes, twenty minutes, forty minutes, whatever, just an education piece on what this means uh, within the industry within the rental community, if you're self-managing and leasing, uh, this is a national thing, not necessarily a state-related thing. There'll be a lot of legal maneuvering being done between now and forever. 
there's already a lot of legal maneuvering happening for the for the CARES Act. God. It's already come and gone. Uh, so there's a lot. I, a I lot remember last week, me, me and Joe were talking about like, okay, so the CARES Act ended, sure, but we still have these things in order that we can't do. So let's, how, how does that work with, you know, the end of this lease yeah. and non-renewing? But you know what I love with this, with what came out yesterday? The amount of notification oh, gosh, and the speed of which it's coming at us. The first time when the CARES Act came out, it literally took our industry, I'm going to say probably two and a half, three weeks to really sort yep. through and figure out what was going on. I think we're going to see that cut in probably a quarter of a time. Mm-hmm. We'll have it down to this is what you can do. This is yep. what you cannot do. And, and a lot of people probably don't even realize, but last week, FHA, Fannie, FHA was the first to pull the trigger. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, back mortgages, they already put into place uh, the restriction on evictions through the end of the year mm-hmm. on their federally backed mortgages, but that was in relation to uh, foreclosure and unoccupied yeah. properties. And now, measures. that today, that doesn't matter. This is renters. This is, this is renters. It doesn't matter how, if it's doesn't finance, matter what kind of loan it is. outright, whatever. I, so. I paid for it in, in golden bars. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Can't kick them out, sir. But more to come on that, uh, so we won't take up any more sure. time on that. But just look forward to that episode, and uh, you know we'll put CDC order in the title, so you'll know exactly what it is. Well, and, and, but that this kind of thing still does go to my point of of we are able to okay. So I did a portfolio analysis um, a few days ago on twenty five thirty properties, and so it's the same kind of analysis that I would be doing on a single property structure. Uh, for, for uh, a consultant client, and I'm doing it for a consultant client, and I'm looking at the, the the full total portfolio, and because of the numbers that we regularly play with, because of the background data that I can go to for research, I can pull things like, well, if we take our entire portfolio, Brian, and break it down into homes that fit this specific rent rate to uh, value and, you know, tenant structure, blah, blah, blah. What is our delinquency rate currently on something like this? And I'm, okay, well, this is what our delinquency rate is. Okay, so when I build this portfolio analysis, I can take our average delinquency rates and also plug that in for an expectation purposes. And, and I mean, surely, you know, this portfolio may be different than that, but but just from at least what our average expectations are on a portfolio of this size, like I can come up with not just maintenance and rent versus value. No, you, have, and all. you have real metrics. I have them. metrics. We use KPIs constantly. I, I filled out the other day. I was uh, in, just an inquiry came in from Roofstock, obligatory Roofstock comment. Cool. They're great. It's awesome. Well, we've already got the Narcan one. We did. We did. I noticed that. I, I know was that's, that's great. Who, who else we need to talk about? Second that's nature, great. second nature and on-site pros. Those guys are great. But uh, yeah, exactly. So we're talking about just, you know, I get this client, they're, they're not even a client of ours yet. It's just, you know, an inquiry coming in. And it's almost like he had been a part of one of your classes where you teach KPIs. Mm-hmm. He gave me a list of about 85 questions asking me, oh, what's cool though, is I was like, well, I have answers to all these things. Hang on. Click, click, that click, sounds click, like click. the one property where you put on the 70, yeah. 75 questions exact, yeah. to ask every PM. This is, it's <laughs> what it was, essentially. And it's just like, oh, these are our KPIs. Cool. Let me enter all these things in. Hang on. I don't have that KPI, but let me go check because we keep them. But that's the kind of knowledge that that a NARPM property manager or any property manager that is a true market expert mm-hmm. is able to bring you. And KPIs are you know key performance indicators. So that's what you can measure a lot of things off of. It's a good way to... Well, it's not only their client sure. measuring our performance. Sure. That we internalize that. So yeah. we, we want to optimize performance within our operation. So that's that's why we monitor it. We monitor it by location, several different ways you break it down. But one of the things we've been doing for years is each of my um, area brokers actually feeds back information on their individual marketplaces. So we assess the individual market and then the company as a whole when everything's blended mm-hmm. and uh that's truly part, understand that's part of our settlement yeah. uh, have we talked about settlement on the podcast i'm sure you know, we i have. think we've mentioned it before but that is a cool thing just to talk about we do this every month so first day of the month um we, we all get together and get all of our specific kpis sent over so that and i think we've been doing that for seven years maybe eight eight years longer now. than i've been here it's been a long time yeah and so it helps us and at least 
And at least this lets me speak to about to AHI. And I'm, there are other people out there or Zelman wouldn't exist, clearly. But it's, it's able to allow us to track way more things than the average real estate teaching guru investor person is going to have. And the cool thing is, even our small piece of that goes yeah. into the much larger yes. picture that all these institutional guys are utilizing that data from Zellman to make decisions yeah. on build the rent, buy a thousand properties here, 10,000 mm -hmm. here, you know, all that stuff goes into one and it, it tracks uh, so many things, just property management, building material, all, all moving, I mean, they survey moving companies, so they're measuring all kinds of metrics. Yeah. Anything related to housing. So it, it allows some real deep numbers. And because we get those numbers, because we are creating those numbers, like when someone is coming to us and asking us, hey, AHI crew, Jonathan, Brian, got this pile of money, you need to put it someplace. We can Should I be asking you where should I put my money? Or should I be asking, I don't know, some realtor, I'm not going to throw any particular realtor company under the bus because it's not, no, I don't mean to pick but I, would, I would say even on the national level, if you were looking for national information, and I'm not sure, Ivy, uh, what they're set up with individuals would be or what the cost mm -hmm. of that would be. I know that because we contribute, we're basically, as long as we volunteer our information into them, we're not having to pay for that financially. But I would say if you Google Ivy Zellman, she's had a number of interviews on major networks for years. She was on some of that. Uh, something. MSNBC did an interview with her not too long ago. And she, she now has this thing where she has Saturday thoughts where Saturday morning she'll put together a little something. But anyways, great, great information. And like I said, most, most of the guys that are uh, in this space professionally are, are looking to her information and mm -hmm. tell them where to go next. Yeah. So. And it's just, it just goes to this whole industry as a whole. If you're trying, if you're dipping your toe in this, if, if you've, you're full feet first, you're already in, you're up to your shoulders in this, it doesn't matter. When, when you're trying to find a place to invest and what you're trying to do with it, then how are you trying to manage it once you've bought it? Your best source of research is going to be the most local person you can find. Put everything in a big upside down pyramid, bring it down to the, the point where the rubber meets the road, where the, where the point touches the paper, where, wherever it is. And I always look at That's it where like, you've got to find your most accurate data. So I, I, I kind of like to introduce into our podcast format. I know we're well into our, our podcasting, mm -hmm. but I'd like to introduce the idea of golden nuggets okay. of information. So yeah. at least we produce one of those per episode. And I think, Deal. I think in this episode, I think... Um, and we'll, we'll set CDC order aside because I think that's going to be its own. But I think in this one, we have two. And one, one would be market-specific expert. Yep. Okay. And the other would be what I consider the 10,000-foot view versus the 1,000-foot view. So the macro view and that nugget would be Ivy Zellman mm -hmm. for our listeners. And again, just Google her. Um, but the, the second nugget would be that, that micro-level knowledge and expertise. Yeah. That, that's what you need. Yeah. But, but I mean, it, that's, that's kind of like, so we're we rebranding final thoughts and the golden nuggets. No, I just think that, uh, okay. Cause I was like, that's no, I'm, offended. I'm not, I'm not, but I think <gasps> I, I just like the idea of those. No, those, those are the takeaways, right? Yeah. The takeaways. So those, those give, are, give our listeners takeaways. Yeah. Um, both of those are actionable items. Yeah. Both of those are something that you can go, okay, well, this is what I'm currently doing. Well, hang on, let me put pause on that for just a second. I'm not telling anybody to stop what they're currently doing. Just it's another thing to consider. Another consideration, another tool in your tool belt. Yeah, take 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 the tools, utilize them. Because I mean, I, it, it, okay, well, perfect about example. giving tools, right? Absolutely, perfect example. Um, so I have a really nice drill at home. Oh, it's a it's a, it's a nice uh, rigid drill. It's, it's a hammer drill. It's cool. It's nice. It's battery powered, 18 volt. Boom! I can. It screws something in really fast with it. But I was at Home Depot last week. Not a uh, advertisement anyway. It's just where I was. And they had a um, an impact driver on sale. Really wanted the battery operator. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm jealous. I don't have one of those. And my wife was like, well, you, you have a drill. Why do you need this thing? I'm like, yes. 
She's like, why? It does. What does it do? I'm like, it drills in screws. Our wives have conversations because they that's do. the kind of response that I do. Well, here's your answer to Sherry. Why do you need an impact driver when you have a drill? Well, a drill is used to drill a hole. That's what its highest and best use is, is to drill a hole. It puts a hole in a thing. And then the highest and best, the, 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 the most effective way to then fasten something into that hole to use an impact driver, put a screw in it, it's, in your hole. It's done. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I was explaining that to Katie, and she's like, luckily, I have a fence to fix. It's perfect. It was like the most perfect. It was a perfect <laughs> storm of me needing this impact driver. I was super excited. I was like, look, I could fix the fence. You can fix the fence with that drill. Yeah, but like, it's that, it's, it's that, you know. That's pressure. It's too aggressive. It's, 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 well, it's pressure-treated pine, and so I'm going to drill into that, and it's just going to, and then you know i'll see instead of having to drill a big hole what i'll do is i'll drill a smaller hole in it then i'll take this great cool nice impact driver plug it in it's done it's perfect so i got my impact driver is what i'm telling you that's the whole story is just i got to get my impact driver so back to you excited about the right that's what i mean Use the tools. You have these tools at your disposal. You have one that's a great roundabout general. It would work. Right. It can give you, it can get something done if you're trying to acquire properties. Yeah, use some of these big giant macro tools to help you determine an area. And then, yeah, you can kind of shotgun spread into an area that, you know, the, the, the caps, you can use a cap rate. It's what I was picking on earlier. Yeah, cap rate is a great roundabout tool. It's a shotgun spread. This These Zip codes have this cap rate, which is typically higher than zip codes over here with this cap rate. Yeah. Great. But the same the same thing applies. I mean, using the lingo, if you will, but mm -hmm. you know, use the, the cap rates a very good general term. But yep. then, you know, along the same lines, determine what your buy box is. Absolutely. And once we determine what your buy box is, it makes the job a little easier. Yeah. And all these things are narrowing down to an address. What address are you gonna That's buy? Right. It's from right. this buy box. Which addresses are you going to buy in this buy box? And why this address over that address? There's a reason. And, and you're, the best tool to get to that is the most local expert that you can find that, that can accomplish these goals for you. Who can give you the most specific data on what I'm about to put my name on and I own this now. Now let's let it make money. Like I, I, say, I say it all the time to my wife and my, I asked my daughter the other day, I was like, what, what do you think daddy does? Like, I think you sell houses. And I'm like, don't, I don't sell houses. <laughs> kiddo. She goes, you don't? I, go, no, I, sell, I sell money is what I sell. I sell, I sell returns. I sell the idea of improving your financial standing. My five-year-old didn't quite grasp that. She goes, so you sell houses? I sell houses, baby. Then I just walked off. She's five. <laughs> this is as good as I was going to get it to her. My 14-year-old, on the other hand, he gets it. So a uh, quick story from earlier in the week. So we, uh, my wife and I have a, a condo on one of the local lakes. and They were having a board of directors meeting. And uh, so obviously it was all done by Ring Central. So very okay. similar to Zoom. Yeah. So we're electing next year's officers, talking about some issues we were having. So we have a master association, we have a condo association. And, uh, and the president happens to be Trey Cummins. Oh, really? Yeah, he has a unit there. And I, I love Trey. So Trey's a, a good friend. Trey, I don't know if you're listening, but shout out to Trey Cummins. He's a cool guy. So, but when you, you, you know, and I'm, I'm listening as an owner, um, and really I've learned personally, I have learned my lesson with serving on HOAs and <laughs> condo boards and all that early in my career. But everybody wants to kind of tap into your knowledge. And so something came up and I didn't even verbalize anything. I just put did something you, in the chat. Did volunteer an ad? Okay. And then Trey, bless his heart, he stopped the conversation. He said, hey, I saw a comment from Brian Jenkins. Brian, I'm glad you're out there. And uh, I don't know if everybody knows Brian, but, you know, so how many houses do you guys manage now? So we go through this whole thing, and, and it's kind of like, thank you for the introduction of a private message. And it's like, hey, I'll keep my remarks directly to you this time around. I'll be so, on private. Yeah, I'm like, I have no desire. But uh, that was that was my fun fun tale, so my fun <laughs> experience for the week. So I hurried home to get on that call uh, Monday night, and uh, I'm still. Oh, I don't know why they do it at dinner time. Monday night. That's exactly that what it's like. 
So we're talking about adding additional boat docks and you know, all, that's some things we're having some issues with. So, but, uh, but overall it's like, okay, we, we do this back to your point. What do you do? And it's like, I don't know why we all uh, have a need to define a person by what, what the person does, but that's society. I know. That's the way it works. Like, so, so what do we do, Brian? We're podcasters. Yeah. We're property managers. That we're dads, we're husbands, yeah. we're friends, we're brothers, yeah. we're sons. You know, there's so many things we are, and and, and they, it's all going to bring a certain flair to everything that we do. And and for our podcast listeners, if why this is your first episode? Congratulations, you jumped in on the good one. This was fun. I do. Yeah, yeah. It, like, so, it is so, a fun one. I always I always view it as you know I've heard this terminology years ago. It's mm-hmm. like what lens are you looking through? And uh, and that's that's yeah. that's where we're at. We're looking yeah. through a property management investor related. Yeah, absolutely. So why would you listen to this podcast, Mr. Hypothetical Listener that's new and not one of our regular listeners that talk to us? Anyways, you're a new listener. Why why are you listening to us? Well, it is, we are here to bring to our listeners expert knowledge through our lens, which is the one that makes, that hands the money to the investor at the end of the day. Right. It, what is a PM's job? It is to maintain your investment and make sure that you get as much return out of it that, that you can. And not only that, the PM's job is to maintain a relationship mm-hmm. of the lease, the resident, because I don't like to even use the word tenant, I agree. so to speak, but to create a resident experience, to create stickiness, get them new, take yeah. care of your property. It's really the preservation of your asset. So, to me, it is just as important for the property management piece as it is the acquisitions piece of sure. property. So you can you can go wrong on either of those two fronts Absolutely. and really affect the outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and and the other thing that you can affect your outcome is, is the market that you choose to be in. Right. And and nowadays with 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 your roof stops, another free plug, shameless plug, whatever. Uh, with with your company, and there's more companies. I almost that feel like we need to stick a rootstock commercial into this. We, need, we need just like a sticker, <laughs> even though even though this one's not going to be video, but like there needs to be a sticker here. I will, I'll throw a rootstock ad or something like that. But with with, with the companies that do with with national listing with services tools. or with the tools that are there, you can be in any market that you want to be in. You can, you can buy anywhere. Where it doesn't matter where you are, buy wherever, buy wherever the best money is to make your money, or buy whatever. Uh, my mom is you know, really into investment properties that, she, that that she's going to call an investment, but reality is she just wants a vacation spot that's not going to lose her additional money. So right. she's buying what is the best investment and there's for her. To, that. When, there's you, not, when you identify what it is and accept, I pick on her because I'm like that's not an investment property. I pick on her because no, it's like, just those, those loosely labeled as investment. Yeah, it's just a place that she wants to go that when she's not there will also make money. Yeah, sure. If that's your strategy, if that's what you want, okay, cool. You find somebody that knows how to do that. But, but back to Roofstock again, uh, the category that's been created out of that marketplace is e-buyer. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of education driven toward that e-buyer component now. And that's, you know, when we first learned of the concept, it was like, wow, you could be sitting on your couch and buy, mm-hmm. buy a property across the country. And then we started getting those people that were sitting on couches we buying houses in we our, in our like, We We're still hey. two of them today. Yeah, so. Good. Hey, I'm, I'm over here in Phoenix. I think Birmingham looks cool. Yeah, yeah, it does. And so that's like, so that's why you would listen to our podcast. That's why you're listening today. That, that's the information that you're going to continually get out of us when the two of us are not so busy that we can't get together and record a podcast. Because that happens. We, we're busy folks. We are. But this, that's the kind of knowledge that we're going to bring to you. That's what we're you know, dedicated to continuing to bring to you is inside knowledge, useful, useful, actionable information. And from a PM's lens. So you would see those, it's kind of like those inner workings of this is how, this is how all the money is getting to you. This is what it's breaking down from because back to the cap rate, we've got a rent, rent value and a sales price for property. Now, how do we get this rent value? How much of this rent? Are you going to put in your pocket, put in your bank account, and what's taking something out of this? Yeah, and what what is not necessarily if we're introducing a new a new partner, if you will, a new system, a new tech. While it might not always be a tool for your tool belt, yeah, it's certainly a tool for our tool belt, which 
indirectly impacts the relationship that we're managing on that lease with the resident, creating the stickiness we mm -hmm. talked about, or creating the stickiness on the front end, almost the, the fly trap, if you will, sure. to pull somebody in and, and create that experience. That's because, a great example of like a rhino or a simple build or, right, like, or a right. second nature or something like that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm these are amenities. different because we go through this process to where we implement new systems on a quarterly basis and we have another quarter coming up and we already have a couple in the, the tier, right? We have three coming up. We haven't now, talked about Pinata yet. But yeah, I don't know no, I've not listened to that yeah. as well. But but there's there's other systems that we're implementing and deploying that we'll be bringing uh, to our listeners mm -hmm. and uh, we'll be interviewing them with them after we've had some experience and interaction yeah. and get them, get them implemented and rolled out. And uh, but I mean, it, and like we 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 interviewed Phil and and Mark, you know, right at us starting working with them again. But like we we've known Phil and Mark, yeah. they just weren't available to us. We knew how good their stuff was, they just weren't available where any of our markets were. So yeah, occasionally, sometimes you'll hear about something that we're bringing in. That this is brand new to us too, but and again, but and, we know and, these people. And from our perspective and our lens, it's not all about us or our markets. It's about you, the investor, wherever you may be invested and just knowing what's out there available to you. And uh, again, you know, we, we mentioned Rhino and I'll give them a shameless plug as well. Mm -hmm. um, matter of fact, we just got done recording some commercials. for. Yeah, them. we did. Those were fun. Those were fun. Take, so, take eight. Is that what we got to? I, I think uh, take seven on one, take six or eight or whatever, 18. We, we did get to take whatever yeah. we're on. <laughs> we got there, but but uh, anyways, there's there's an episode so out there. Even understand what we're talking episode about. out there that uh, <laughs> if it's not already released and you've not already heard it, it is coming uh, in regard mm -hmm. to Rhino. So powerful tool for. Well, we also did the, the Facebook the Facebook event is the videoed version of that live. Right. That was a Facebook live event that we created, and, and we took the audio. The audio will be a podcast, and I don't know if it is before this one or, or after this one, but but. Even if you're listening to this before that episode is available, you can check our Facebook page, um, AHI Pod or AHI Properties, as well as now Profitable Powerhouse Properties has its own Facebook page Facebook. as well. We have our own social media. Platform. We have a YouTube account that we haven't used, but <laughs> we'll get there. Plan to and a Twitter. Hey, we have a Twitter. I don't remember what our handle is, but we have a Twitter. You can find us probably. I assume. Um, but cool. Thanks, Alexa. But. The point is, you know, that <laughs> you can find that episode on some of our social media if you want to actually watch the video. The video, the original, if you came in live, you really came in about 30 minutes early, which was a great time. We had Hannah on. It wasn't Hannah. Who all did we have actually? No, have we just on? said we had, uh, we had Hannah. We uh -huh. had uh, Eric. And we had Eric. We were eating. We were talking. We're like, yeah, uh, so we're yeah, gonna, I think when she popped up, she was eating her lunch. Yeah, she was like, I'm eating my lunch. We're not recording yet. I'm like, no, we're not recording yet. And I'm like, does say we're live, though. <laughs> uh, and so it's cut out. If you're watching it now, all there's 10 minutes that I had to cut out from the front alone. That was fun. Good episode. Though. It was a great episode. It was awesome. And Eric was on. That's just fun. Eric was fantastic. Eric is super. Eric and I actually spoke on uh, LinkedIn, like just a random LinkedIn connection, like right at the beginning of this COVID thing. I was in, I was in lockdown. I was in quarantine. I was like, hey, Brian, what do you know about Rhino? I don't know. Well, then we had an international client bring them up. They're like, what do you like, know about uh, Rhino? Really we're like, dive into these uh, okay, so. cool. But that's what you're going to continue to get out of us is great information that we're bringing to you because it's, it's either a trend we've seen, there's a vendor that we've used, and we're like, these are sharp. This is sharp. You got to use this. This is no-brainer information. Like, I've, I've said it so many times in the last year and a half. Like, this is a no-brainer. This, this needs to be done. Implement this. Buy this. Let's rent it here. All these things. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's what we want to bring to you. We want to bring you information that you go, of course, yes, that is a no-brainer. I will do this thing. Super smart. That's what we're here for. We're, we're here to... Do the mistakes before you have to run through them. We're the ones to tell you, like, well, we did this once and it wasn't great. Well, this, and, or, and, but we did do this and this is great. And that's why we, you know, we roll systems out and deploy those within our own firm. And then we see the results and then we'll talk to the vendors. That's right. And uh, do those interviews. But uh, so today's been an excellent Excellent episode. I think, uh, I think maybe, you know, I know we're going to do the CDC order probably next. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're going to, have to dive into what's been going on property management wise during yeah. COVID 
this crazy yeah, COVID oh, period. You want to just start recording as soon as we stop recording this yeah, one? Well, I got to get some other <laughs> stuff done today. <laughs> so I think final thoughts are there's always going to be more to come. We're, we're excited to have new listeners uh, share this with people that you think would be interested um, or that need this kind of information or need need to know that they need this kind of information. That's actually the, the hardest thing is teaching someone like, hey, you know that you don't know that you don't know this, right? So listen to this. Yeah. So I know everything. No. You know, thank, no. <laughs> thankfully, my final thoughts are real, real estate is it's mainstream investing now. Sure is. Uh, it's not, you know, it's, it's not the Amway of investing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to throw Amway under the bus or uh, whatever the name of the company is now. But what I would say is that uh, there's, again, what I said earlier is there's a lot of money going into real estate uh, ownership uh, from an investment standpoint. And when that money flows in that direction, additional services, tech, a lot of uh, residual businesses develop out of that that network of, of purchasing. And uh, there's still a lot of opportunity. It's a perfect storm to buy and hold, uh, buy, rehab, resale, whatever. The Burr method. Your That's right. The Burr method. I was listening to uh, another great podcast actually talking about the Burr method. Yep. That's- I haven't listened to that episode yet. Me too. too. Yeah. So, until next time. Ultimately, yeah, that's, I think that's where I'm going to end. Until next time, keep buying, keep learning, and keep earning. We'll see you guys. Jonathan, can you get that? Maybe it's my next ideal tenant. No, it's just the mail carrier. It looks like your sign isn't working. Yeah, I guess I need to check our preferred partner, Rentals.com. You know they take the hassle out of finding tenants. How do they do that? Well, you can target thousands of renters looking into your area with your listing. Plus, you get free services like online applications and tenant screening. Oh, great. Let's sign up now. Then we can go to the game. War Eagle, Brian. I'm rolling with the tide. But let's head to Rentals.com today where you can find out and screen your ideal tenants in no time. The songs Lobby Time, Retro Future Clean, and Rocket Power were created by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Visit creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0 on the web.